Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Pleased to have as my guest today on Song of the Soul, Julie Schmidt. Julie loves music and instruments from all over the map. From Sanskrit chanting from India to rhythm and blues, from parodies of love songs to Native American flute and drums, Julie finds riches to inspire her spiritual growth. Julie was raised Catholic and currently attends the Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Eau Claire. Welcome, Julie. Thanks for being willing to share your Song of the Soul with us today. Thank you, Mark. I'm a little nervous to be here still, and thank you for having me here. Of course, you never seem nervous when you talk to me other times, and that's all we're doing is having a conversation where we get to share our music together. Is that the kind of thing you like to do with your friends? Yes, it is. I get together once a month with a group of women. We call ourselves Women in Circle, and the theme last month was music. This Women in Circle group, how many women is it? Where are you based from? And what's the purpose of the group? Well, I can tell you why I attend the group. I enjoy having a set amount of time where all I'm doing is enjoying getting to know the other women around me. Also, just sharing my spirit with them and really honoring myself and them in that space. It varies from month to month. We have met in each other's homes, and it's been as small as three people and as large as 20 or 30. It's people of all different faiths and backgrounds. Basically, it's just women, all different ages. How did you get connected up with that group? One of my friends invited me. 
asked if I'd like to come. My friend Sarah Aiken. She's somebody who I treasure. She's taught me a great deal about myself and, and the freedom to love and creatively express myself. She's somebody I consider to be a very good friend. You and she go back quite a ways? We met in high school and reconnected a couple of years ago. She um, practices massage, and she came to my home and, and worked on me after my knee surgery. So we reconnected then, and we reconnected again a couple of years ago at Stargazing. It was then Stargazing Woodland Nursery and Peace Sanctuary near Augusta, and now it's Stargazing's Women's Respite, I believe. They just changed the name of the place and their purpose. They used to sell some nursery plants, and now they've gone more to women's respite and bed and breakfast. So let me get this straight. Where did you grow up? Was it Eau Claire or somewhere nearby? I've lived in Eau Claire since I was three years old. Did you grow up attending a church here? I grew up uh, attending St. Olaf's Catholic Church. My parents are still members at St. Olaf's Church. And I attend the Unitarian Universalist Congregation. And I've been there for a couple of years now. Is there anything particular that led you to transition away? Did you just go through college and therefore, you know, avoid going to church at all like many people do when they go through college? I couldn't speak to just one thing that along my path I ended up at the Unitarian Universalist. I can speak to why I'm there now. What draws me there is, first and foremost, I love the humor of the people that are in the congregation and that's presented during the services. And second, but just as important, is the freedom that I feel there to express myself and the freedom I see in the other people there to express themselves. Then I take it that it was probably true that you didn't feel completely free to express yourself and to be yourself in the congregation you grew up, that somewhere that didn't fit and parts of you felt like they were not to be brought out there? There were some ideas that I didn't understand growing up in the Catholic Church. One of the things I've learned along the way <laughs> is when I'm looking at different faiths, when I get to the more mystical aspects of those faiths, I find them very, very similar. There can be many differences that I recognize on the surface level or, or beginning to understand different religions when it comes to some of the deeper meanings and really digesting and looking inside and feeling what it's about, they come to be very similar. It sounds like one of the great truths that we're all worshiping to the same divine that's behind it all. And when we go to mystical, where we get the words out of the way, we do find that. I want to jump right into your music, and I'll ask you more about yourself as we go right through. It sounds like your life, your religious life, has been a journey so it's maybe not too strange that you chose for your first song something called Shamanic Journey, Om Shanti. Why this song, and how do you relate to Sanskrit chanting and that kind of song in particular? With this song, I feel peacefulness within myself at the same time as a deep aliveness. And a peaceful joy is how I would describe it the most. What I've read about Om Shanti, Om is a word that is commonly used in prayer, can mean amen, or similar to that. And Shanti is used in connection with peace. So when I hear the words Om Shanti, my connection to that is prayer for peace. Do you actually do chanting yourself? Yes, I have met regularly with Josh Polich and Sarah Peterson. Also, 
I have attended Singing Meditation, which is run by Ruthie Rozier, who also has been a guest on your show. So something I've enjoyed very much. Since you grew up Catholic, did you ever do any of the kind of chanting in Latin that's part of Catholic practice? I think that because you're younger than me, they already stopped doing Latin Mass by the time you came of age. Latin Mass wasn't something I commonly experienced growing up, but I had heard parts of it in different places. My grandfather's brother is a bishop in the Catholic Church, retired now, and when my great-grandmother died, half the church that I attended for the funeral was filled with priests in robes. I have vague recollections of Latin, I guess, chanting music, and so I wouldn't be surprised if some of it I heard there or visiting where my father went to college at St. John's, if I might have heard a little bit there and in various places. I want to recommend some of it to you. Some of it's really beautiful and powerful. I grew up Catholic, even though I've been Quaker all my adult life. Still at Quaker gatherings, occasionally, someone will teach me a chant from the original Latin, stuff that would have been part of Catholic Mass. I believe that in the singing meditation, when I've participated with that, that some of the songs that we sing are Latin. So some of the songs that are in my mind already, in my heart, and that I have sung over and over probably are. (laughs) The first song that you chose for your spiritual journey sharing here is Shamanic Journey. Can you tell me anything about the artist who does this song, Anugama? I have three of his CDs, and I enjoy them greatly. I know he does a lot of work with sound and how the sound connects with spirit. Well, let's start off on the shamanic journey here, also known as Om Shanti. The song in its full length on the CD is some 29 minutes, and we'll just take about a four-minute slice of it. It's by Anugama. It's called Shamanic Journey, Om Shanti. Thank you. 
Julie, with a song like that, it's not like there's a lot of lyrics that you grab onto. Are lyrics generally important to you in music? I've found lately that the music I enjoy the most is the music without lyrics or with lyrics that are in another language that I don't understand. Or I don't understand consciously on a verbal level, but feel in my soul. Are you a singer in general, or have you, do you play instruments as well? I took several years of piano lessons, uh, one year of violin, several years of flute. There was a period of time in high school where I was learning to play the bassoon. got to experiment with uh, some of the percussion instruments for certain events like pep rallies, and I enjoy drumming. Pretty much any instrument I get my hands on, I like to experiment with. So that means that you still play some of these things? Occasionally. Last spring and fall, I played my flute with the Chippewa Valley Concert Band. And then with the Eastern chanting and with the singing meditation group, oftentimes there's some rattles or drums or even a tambourine that we can pick up and play along as we feel inspired to, yeah. The next song you chose is also by Anagama, and it's called Cook Pelli's Ritual. Anything about the energy of this song that drew you to it? Mm, the drumming and the flute. I really enjoyed having the drumming as kind of a background and the flute as an overtone. And hearing native flutes. Later in my teenage years, and the first time I heard someone performing native flute was Peter Fippen. It opened up for me the possibilities of creating sound and what style of music I might want to participate in. I owe him some gratitude for that. That was a very spiritually moving experience for me, hearing him play this different flutes with different styles of music. Does this song, Cocapelli's Ritual, have any other particular meanings for you? What I connect with in my memory with Cocopelli is the phrase seed planter, and what I connect with in my heart thinking of that is planting seeds of soul expression, of creative expression in any way it comes. We'll listen here to a second song by Anagama. It's called Cocapelli's Ritual.
Julie, I think you must listen to a variety of music. Your musical tastes are evolving. Did you grow up in your teen years listening to Indian chanting? No. <laughs> I think I listened to much of what was popular at the time. I grew up listening to a lot of rock and soft rock, and then what I considered heavy metal then would probably be soft rock today. <laughs> and it wasn't until high school that I started really appreciating country music, and so I went through that phase as well. Your next artist is in the rhythm and blues category, which is quite a ways from India. Are you a Stevie Wonder fan, amongst other things? I know that the next artist, India R.E., attributes some of her musical tastes to Stevie Wonder and some of the other great progenitors in that class of music. Is there other music in that vein that you're particularly attached to, grew up with, or maybe are finding out now? I really loved the song by Otis Redding, Dock of the Bay. If I was feeling very blue, and even if I wasn't feeling blue, I would connect to that beauty even in an emotion that was sad. I know with India Ari, first time I heard her was flipping through the channels, saw the Oprah show, and she was performing, and I had goosebumps. Her music for me was an expression of joy, of freedom, and of loving who you are, being at home with yourself. I think that the two cuts that you chose, there's a small 50-second intro piece that she does, and then she goes right into a piece called Video. Have you had to struggle with the freedom to accept yourself as you are? That's certainly what that song seems to be about, and I'm wondering if she's just kind of your role model here. Well, she gave me an opportunity to really look inside and think about that, and I have struggled. I think I still do, even today learning to love and accept the parts of myself that I might not have looked at yet or might have in the past thought, no, got to push that away and not pay attention to that because it's not as acceptable right now. It's been part of my journey is to really find ways to love and accept myself. And music is one way of that I explore that. Another is people. Every time I have a conversation here with you, if there's something that I see in you that I really admire or something I see in you that I find so repulsive or, oh, I don't want to, <laughs> don't want to hear that. It's an opportunity to look within myself and see what I'm yet learning to love and accept and to spend some time with that and allow myself to heal. Do these thoughts and feelings, do they fit in as part of your Unitarian Universalist identity and the religious, spiritual, I guess, atmosphere of that congregation? One of the key concepts that I've heard over and over being there is accepting diversity and accepting people for who they are, whether you agree with it or not, welcome them to be who they are. So I feel free to express any idea that may seem controversial or may not fit into the whole, but when I'm there, I feel like no matter who I am, no matter what I'm saying, I will be honored and respected. At the Unitarian Universalist Congregation, do they have a choir and are you part of that? Oh, yeah. forgot to mention that, didn't I? <laughs> yes. For me, that was a big step to join the choir because I had never been part of a choir before. I remember them asking me, are you alto, soprano, bass, or you know where I fit in? It took me several choir practices before I realized that I could sing soprano, and that was a good fit. <laughs> well, let's listen to someone else do some rhythm and blues self-expression. Her name is India Ari.
and she'll do first intro and then video. This is in remembrance of our ancestors. Sam Cooke and Marvin Gaye Donnie Hathaway And all that came before You opened up a door Cause of you I don't need that to happen. 
The artist for this next song is Scott Kalekstein. The title of the song is Just a Codependent Love Song. Was this because of some form of identity with the song and the message that you chose this one? This particular song and the intro as he starts introducing the song has given me an opportunity to really listen to the words and how I feel with those words and songs. And in doing so, I find myself, when I listen to any song, whether I know it or it's a brand new song, as I'm listening to it, I'll find myself changing the words around in my mind as I hear the song, so it rings truer to me. I noticed learning over the years that when I have a thought in my head or I'm listening to somebody else speaking, if their words ring true for me, my body will feel one way. If they don't, I might feel distressed, like a tightness in my head or a clenching in my gut. If the words really ring true for me, I'll feel more of a warmth or openness throughout head to toe. What has this got to do with your spiritual journey or your spiritual beliefs? Pretty much everything. It's all very well connected. The last couple of years, some of the most transformative books I've read have to do with how I think. One is Loving What Is by Byron Katie. It gives tools to be able to let go of the thoughts that don't resonate as true with me or to see things in a way that offers more clarity. I brought one with me today, and that was Eckhart Tolle's Stillness Speaks, and that really does speak to me. The song, just a codependent love song, has that got any specific relationship to your life? Have you had to give up your codependence? I think I've been a little more freed from it. I don't think of it as a hardship that I had to give away and I miss. And And I wouldn't say that I'm completely codependent-free. If another person is showing distress, I may feel some distress, or I may remember that I can honor myself and honor their space at the same time with whatever paths we're on. It's a continual progress. One example I can think of where that plays a part in my daily life is I work with a six-year-old boy who has semi-lobar holoprosencephaly. How I interpret that is his brain didn't fully separate and divide before birth. And so he has some symptoms that resemble autism, that resemble cerebral palsy. He makes a lot of noises, whether they're joyful or distressed, but it's not language skills. Like, he can't tell me what he's feeling in words that I understand. And how this ties in with the codependence part is if he's having a seizure and he's scared by it and distressed, if he's crying, I'm not instantly thinking, oh, what's wrong? How can I make this better? I can honor where he's at, know that my heart is filled, even though he's showing signs of distress. And being in that place, I'm more able to be able to distract him. Sometimes he'll start giggling. He'll go from crying to giggling because he's seen something that changes his train of thought. The seizures are still happening. It's just changed his experience of them. Get ready to laugh. It's just a codependent love song. It's by Scott Kalekstein. I'd like to share with you one of my pet peeves right now. Um, Joan, would you go get the peeve from the cage? (laughs) Don't worry, it's on a leash. Seriously, a pet peeve. This is my thing. Music has the power to really touch people, reach people, uplift people, instruct, educate, heal. And popular music... You know, especially love songs, do not do it 
on the songs that you listen to on the radio, most of them are really about codependency and fear and holding on. And you know, once you have found her, never let her go. <laughs> you know, let's be serious about that. If you really used that as your philosophy, you'd end up having a lot of restraining orders on you. <laughs> What we consider romance is not very healthy. You know, you made me love you. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I can't smile without you. Get a life. So this is my little antidote. Uh, I call it, sometimes I call it, number 15 codependency block. Because if you sing this little ditty, uh, you, your mind will be protected shielded from the negative effects of the lyrics of today's codependent songs and then you can enjoy them and not be freaked out by them. So please join me in learning this and we can sing it together and then go through some of our favorite oldies. Just a codependent love song One that's filled with pain and misery Just a codependent love song Glorifying insecurity. Okay, let's sing that together. Just a codependent love song, one that's filled with pain and misery. Just a codependent love song, glorifying insecurity. I know I'll never love this way again. So I keep holding on till the good is gone. Just a codependent love song, one that's filled with pain and misery. Just a codependent love song, glorifying insecurity. The 1950s was a time where the United States government was experimenting with subliminal technology just seeing how it might affect the masses of people like you and me. They put some of these messages, these subliminal messages, underneath some of the 50 songs that we were listening to. And if you listen to your old 45s really carefully, you might be able to find some of these hidden subliminal messages. Listen very closely right now and try to find the hidden message of blame and being a victim underneath the following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't remember me, but I remember you. It was not so long ago. You broke my heart in two Tears on my pillow Pain in my heart Caused by you You Did anybody find it? <laughs> a lot of psychics in Detroit Just a codependent love song One that's filled with pain and misery just a codependent love song Glorifying insecurity Well, we can go on all night, as you know, but we're going to close this melody with a song that Barry Manilow won his 12th Codependent Grammy of the Year. 
can't smile without you. I can't smile without you. I can't laugh and I can't sing. I'm finding it hard to do anything. You see, I feel sad when you're sad. Feel glad when you're glad. If you knew what I'm going through, I just can't smile. <laughs> just a codependent love song, one that's filled with pain and misery. Just a codependent love song, glorifying insecurity. Tell me a little bit about the next three songs that you've got for your Song of the Soul. I attended the Powell Celebrating Education at the University Davies Center in May of this year. The CD was at one of the booths, and the name Orenda, I know I'm mispronouncing that, but it's O-R-E-N-D-A. I had read in a previous book where that word was referred to as essence or spirit, and so I saw this word on the title of this CD, along with the beautiful pictures behind it, and was very intrigued to listen to it. And as I've been listening to the CD, the music does promote within me a sense of aliveness and peace. So are you saying that all three of these following songs were on a CD that you had never heard the music before you picked it up because you saw the word? Yes, that is accurate. <laughs> yeah, that isn't unusual for me to go by my combination of what's logically going on in my head, but also a strong intuition. I had no doubt when I held the CD in my hand that I would enjoy listening to it. You know, I'm pretty sure for these next three songs that it's not lyrics per se that grabbed you. I think the lyrics aren't in English. The first song that you chose is called I Am Your Friend. Do they actually say those words during the song? If they do, it's in another language. They don't speak in English, I am your friend. In the description of I am your friend, it's described as a Mohawk friendship song, also as being learned by the Iroquois in the 1920s. Let's listen in to the song. It's called I am your friend. It's by Joanne Shenandoah and Lawrence Laughing, and it's on their CD. I think it's pronounced Alunda. Away Oh, 
Julie, you mentioned that you've done some drumming along the way. Do you get together with people and drum now? Since it's such a big part of Native American gatherings, I was just assuming that sometimes you actually do drumming that might be called Native American drumming. I had an introduction to that this last year when I went through the four directions of the medicine wheel with an instructor and learned a lot about myself in connection with the four directions. Do you do any drumming at the Unitarian Congregation? Is that part of a service there, or is there a group who gets together and drums? Occasionally, I've played a drum during the singing meditation that Ruthie facilitates. And I've done drumming occasionally with ceremonies through Sacred Way. And Sacred Way is where I've learned some about shamanism. And connecting with my spirit through shamanism has been a great part of my spiritual path in the last year. If anybody does have an interest in learning more about Sacred Way or shamanism, it would be sacredway.net would be a local resource. The next song that you chose, Julie, is called Our Mind is One. Any particular reason you chose this song? The intro into the song, it feels lighthearted to me, and I can picture myself being a child and skipping along and 
singing and having fun with it. And it speaks to my spirit. My temptation when I hear this music is to start moving with it, to, I guess, bop a little bit from side to side and sway and feel like I'm going down the path dancing the two-step in the way that Native Americans do. Have you been to actually powwows where you do the dancing? No, I haven't danced at a powwow. The only powwows that I've attended weren't traditional outdoors, but the two that I went to in the Davies Zorn Arena, and the, they were the honor and education powwows that they hold in the spring. Talking about dancing down the path, what it reminds me of is bringing the joy of dance or the spirit of dance in each moment. Whether it's a moment that is serious, I can feel that that seriousness is part of the dance, or whether it's lighthearted, that it is all connected. You know, so the mind is one, really fits in with that. Let's listen to the song, Our Mind is One. It's again by Joanne Shenandoah and Lawrence Laughing. Julie, do you know which Native American tribe, which people that song is from in terms of influence or origin? That one is described as a Mohawk standing quiver song. So those past two had Mohawk roots. 
I believe the last one, though, has Anishinaabe roots. Any particular reason you chose the prophecy song for your last song in your Song of the Soul, Julie? The beauty of the song. The one word that comes to mind when I listen to it is beauty. Do you relate to the concept of prophecy in particularly a positive way? In traditional Christian circles, or actually Jewish circles before that, prophecy often was God saying, do this and something good will happen, or do this and something bad will happen. And a lot of Christians right now focus real strongly on the book of Revelation, which talks about end times. Do you relate to prophecy in that way, or do you even think about prophecy? I like the phrase, we create our own reality. I've heard that phrase many times. And how we interpret the world, how we experience the world, how we interact with the world is up to us. What reality are you creating for yourself? What prophecy are you living out in your life? Finding ways to live the truest expression or the clearest expression of my truest self. On the deepest level, to me, that is experiencing love, receiving, accepting, and giving love. The theory in my mind is if there was a shift to consciously look at ourselves and experience ourselves, share our highest truths with ourselves and with others, that there would be much less need for conflict, that we'd be able to respect the diversity in each other, and that, our, that we're all here together but all walking our own paths. So let's listen to the last song for your Song of the Soul. And it's the third one by Joanne Shenandoah and Lawrence Laughing. It's called Prophecy Song. Amen. 
I'd like to mention a little more about prophecy. Whatever prophecies are prophesized, whatever is predicted for the future, that what we are doing in this moment always determines what is to come. Even if we truly believed that one thing was going to happen, anything we choose now will influence that or change that. In a Buddhist perspective, or maybe it's not Buddhist, I'm not sure what to attribute it to, but one train of thought is there is only now. So be here in it to experience it. Thanks for that. And thanks for coming and sharing your Song of the Soul. Some great music here and some great inspiration, I think, for all of our listeners. Thank you as well. You've been listening to a Song of the Soul with Julie Schmidt of Eau Claire's Unitarian Universalist Congregation. You can hear this and other programs via my website, Northern Spirit Radio. Org, where you can also find useful links and information about the programs. Song of the Soul is produced by Mark Helpsmeet. If you'd like to share your Song of the Soul with the listeners of WHYS-FM Radio, please contact me via my email address, helpsmeet at usa.net. That's H-E-L-P-S-M-E-E-T at usa.net. And please join me Sundays at 11 a.m. for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.